Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis, National Politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor in your window, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Democrat professor Mark Costello, Democrat businessman Rush Darwish, retired colonel in the U.S. Army Clay Novak, and Republican attorney Judith Sherwin. Our program tonight coming to you by on base at uh, the beautiful studios of uh, AM560 WYND in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Phone lines open for the next two hours, 1-800-723-8289. We will try tonight not to uh, repeat the conversations of the last couple of weeks involving Donald Trump's legal issues, although that will be a portion of the program this evening. Uh, But because the reality is uh, it's going to be a year from November before the voters are going to be able to render a verdict on Donald Trump and and Joe Biden. And so that's a long time. Uh, Drip by drip, we hear a story every single week about what's the legal problems of uh, uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter uh, as pushed by the Republicans. And then, of course, we read about the the indictments uh, of Donald Trump. In fact, if we could just uh, show this uh, graphic for those listening to us uh, and watching us on TV, uh, this is the state of Georgia versus Donald Trump. There were 13 criminal counts that were released this past week, including a violation of the RICO Act, and Trump and his allies face 41 total counts. And again, it wasn't just Donald Trump, it was 18 other people, defendants in this particular case. So I want to ask very briefly a couple of legal questions, because we only have one lawyer with us this evening. So Judith, I want you to give me the short answer from a legal perspective only. Forget the politics of it only. Right. Um, legally to you as a as an officer of the court what did these indictments mean to you and are they more or less sufficient than or uh, significant than the previous indictments well uh first of all uh the numbers shouldn't uh uh you know be of any note you know every time somebody wants to add another act they add another paragraph so it's really uh that's not really important this is the most ridiculous use of the RICO Act I've ever seen, ever. Okay, and I've, I've had experience dealing with RICO cases. This is nonsense. I mean, this, this uh, indictment finds as an act of conspiracy putting up a tweet that says, please watch what's going on on OANN, which is another network where there is a hearing about vote fraud in Georgia. Now, if that's if that's an indictment, then all of us are going to, as I said to you a couple of weeks ago, all of us are going to be under indictment, too. Um, this is what does it mean to have 18 other? Uh, OK, well, that's a very interesting that, that, question. That seems it's rather significant, right? Well, here's the thing. It's very interesting. There's a lot of unindicted co-conspirators. So what are unindicted co-conspirators? They are people that the prosecutor basically is threatening if you come in and you testify for my main uh, person that I'm after, namely Donald Trump, my main target, I'm going to indict you too, okay? So this has a chilling effect. It's an old prosecutor trick. Most of the time it doesn't work quite as Mm -hmm. well as uh, I think Ms. Willis thinks it's going to work. Besides which, there's a, a very important legal issue going on here, namely the fact that 
she's gone way outside of her jurisdiction in terms of the things okay. she's alleging. So right, she you're, may you're, end okay, up in right, federal right. court. Okay, you're getting into your opinion now, and we're going we're gonna to discuss that later. We don't want you well, to say goodbye all, to your opinion. But I just want to put it in context because I'm trying to present a balanced discussion of the program. Sure. In studio with us this evening, uh, you and I, Judith, uh, is an old uh, friend of this uh, program, uh, Mark Costello. He's a English professor uh, in the Chicagoland area. Mark, nice to have you with us. Uh, you're a card-carrying Democrat. Uh, you're not a party guy. You're more of a you're more of a progressive or a liberal, uh, as opposed to a guy that's standing up and, and working your precinct. So let's just put that in context. Based on on what is out there on Trump now, and what is the flirtations that are going on with Hunter Biden, some of which are may maybe directly related to the president. Um, how are people going to vote on this issue, in your view, uh, come, uh, you know, a year from November? Yeah, I, you know, we have to see what's going to play out with the Hunter Biden uh, issues and, and the connections of the Bidens to, you know, influence peddling. <clears throat> but I, I do think there's just Trump indictment fatigue. And, and personally, I, I'm, a, I'm a progressive, as you said. I don't see I, I see Trump only getting stronger because every indictment that he's he pays the bail and he's out and he's back on the campaign trail shows this strength and reinforces that narrative that they're out to get him. And I, I just it's energizing Trump's base. And I think he's going to be unstoppable. I really think Trump, is there is there in your opinion, is there validity to the conversations about Hunter Biden and the maybe the connections to the president. Is there legitimacy to, I mean, as a Democrat, is there legitimacy to those questions that are being asked? Or is this is this just a Republican plot to sort of muddy the waters and, and make uh, Trump and, and Biden almost equal insofar as the, the eyes of the law? Well, I, you know, as a progressive, and I, I assume some listeners out there may feel the same way too, mm -hmm. and as Judith alluded to with the RICO statute, there's real organized crime happening across the country. I mean, we're watching flash mobs robbing stores. There's white collar crime. There's yes. financial fraud. That's a good RICO example. Right? Yes. And and so I'm just watching millions of federal dollars and and state dollars just pouring into these prosecutions and these investigations, while there's real legitimate crime. And so I, I think there are probably some Americans who feel that way, like I do. But if you know Hunter Biden had that plea deal that I know the average American would not have gotten that plea deal. Mm -hmm. And so I do think, you know, there's there's something there to be investigated. Okay. Clay Novak joins us. He's a, a lieutenant colonel, United States Army retired. He joins us uh, from his home in Pennsylvania. He's also uh, an author, which we'll talk about as the program unfolds. Uh, Clay, uh, as a member of the military, how are your colleagues in the military that you may have spoken with, how are they responding to the, the likelihood that Donald Trump could be the commander-in-chief again, or are they more worried about Joe Biden being reelected again? You know, Bruce, I'll tell you, the, um, in my years of service, I think one of the greatest attributes of the military is the fact that it doesn't matter who's in the White House, um, what administration is there. You know, soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guardsmen, you know, they all serve uh, at the behest of the nation, you know, uh, and that's that's where their focus lies. I served under four different presidents, both parties and, uh, you know, in both wars, Afghanistan and Iraq um, under both parties. And and, you know, there's good and bad that come with both. 
Um, you know, the historical tendency is for uh, when a Republican is off is in office, funding is better. There's more money available. More equipment is bought. More training is conducted. Um, when a Democrat is in office, um, it's a little bit different. Op tempo slows down a little bit. Um, people do spend a little bit more time at home. So there's pluses and minuses there. But, you know, as it progresses right now, um, a state for the military is never a good thing. Never. Okay. Uh, Rush Darwis joins us. Uh, we're going to have to break right now, Rush, and we'll be back to hear your thought. He is also speaking in uh, as, a, as a longtime Democrat, and uh, we will hear from him. 1-800-723-8289. We're not going to get hopefully involved in legal ease tonight. Uh, we want to get into the political aspects of what's going on as well. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, hey, you can do it if you try. 
Sumant back on Beyond the Beltway. And by the way, let me just apologize. Uh, I don't think we said anything out of school, but uh, we've gotten several uh, emails saying that our microphones uh, are have been open, Fritz, uh, that they were open before we went on the air, and they've been open during the last break, and they heard me scolding Judith Sherwin for not lecturing. So uh, next time, let's go back to Broadcast 101. Let's shut the mics. Unless the people out in Radioland are making a story up, I'm just letting everybody know, let's cut the mics during the break, and that may be uh, available on a premium edition of this program sometime. <laughs> anyway, back to our friend Rush Darwish. He is a friend. He is a Democrat. He is a businessman. He has been silent for the first uh, 20 minutes of the show. He joins us via Zoom tonight. Uh, uh, Rush, answer the original question that I asked is, is there not only Trump fatigue here, but is there Biden, uh, you know, Hunter, Hunter Biden fatigue here? And between now and, uh, you know, a, a year from November, I mean, where are the American people going to be at if this is the appetite of news that they have to digest each and every night? I don't think, Bruce, the, there's Trump fatigue in terms of what's happening with him. All these indictments are going to stick with voters and I will tell you this, I'm not coming here tonight talking as a Democrat. I'm coming from a human standpoint. Donald Trump is a disaster for this country. Um, his actions as president and afterwards is a complete nightmare. And what I hope for is that he is mentally, he is the one that is mentally and physically exhausted and just simply can't take the, just this rigorous life he lives and just putting himself in, in, in danger for himself and danger for the American public. So I don't think there's any fatigue. I'm watching this whole deal unfold with Donald Trump. I think the deal with Hunter Biden will start coming up during the election as it heats up. But for Donald Trump, this guy is nothing but a world of hurt. He is a hot mess, Bruce. And I and I really think the best thing he should do is just go away or well, go to jail. It's not going to happen. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to ask this of, of, of everybody. Um, and I asked this of the Democrats last week. Do you, Rush, to you, do you want to see Donald Trump in prison? You know, look, the guy says a lot of things that are ignorant. Um, he does have a nasty side to him, a genuine nasty side. He's greedy character-wise. I'm, you know, he, he's bad for America, but I'm not interested in, in him going to jail or, what I'm, what I'm most interested in is that make sure that he does not become a person that is in power and makes decisions for everyday people. Okay. Uh, I firmly believe Donald Trump just wants to become president so then he can pardon himself. Okay. That's it. That's his number one motive right now. Uh, Mark Costello, to you. Do you want to see Donald Trump in prison? You know, I don't want to give the political answer, but <clears throat> let's see what the investigations show. But personally, I... What, by the way, what, what is the political answer? Well, the political answer, you know, the politicians will always say, well, you know, let's let the investigations play out. We'll need more information, more fact-finding. But uh, but let me just interject here for a moment. You are the third. We asked uh, Patrick Hanley a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and tonight we've heard from Russia, and now we hear from you. You're, you're the third Democrat who pauses before you answer that question. Mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, I could probably have people here that would say, oh, let's Throw, throw, them, throw them in jail, lock them up. Lock them up. But I don't right. hear I don't hear that from you. Well, you know, I think that's the sign of being a good 
progressive, <laughs> you know, that you want to see people innocent until proven guilty. And I, I, I just, I'm not a legal scholar, but I can just see that there's some acrobatics being done to bring these charges. Judith Sherwin, my question to you. I know you don't want to see Donald Trump in prison. No, I don't. Do you want to see Hunter Biden in prison? Um, I want to see Hunter Biden thoroughly investigated, and I want to see him charged the way any normal American citizen would be charged, which he has not been so far. Mm -hmm. Colonel Novak, my question to you is, um, what would the impact be worldwide if Donald Trump ended up in prison? I, I mean, the, the noise already is uh, banana republic. The United States is turning into a banana republic with and it's from both sides. It's we've talked about the charges and indictments that, uh, you know, re revolve around President Biden and, you know, former President Trump. And it looks like um, we look like a third world country in our politics right now because every country in the world watches us. They see what's going on here mm -hmm. and what they're seeing is what happens in other places not in the United States. It, it doesn't paint a great picture for us globally as a, as a leader globally uh, in various organizations, NATO, the United Nations. Um, we, are, we are the United States. We are supposed to be the beacon and we, we don't appear that way. And it's, it's not, it doesn't look like we're holding people accountable. It looks like we're trying to adjust, revise, uh, push people out of an election from both sides. So it's not true accountability, and that I don't believe it's the way it's coming across to the rest of the world. So it looks bad. Judith, a legal question to you. Um, uh, am I correct that in this particular case, four juries of, of, of differing sizes would have to vote to convict Donald Trump? That the, the, the judges or, or the jury in a federal system, I heard alluded today, is a smaller jury than in the court system. Is is that true? It depends. Uh, you can have a six-person jury or a 12-person okay. jury. Uh, I haven't heard exactly what they're talking about in okay. any of the cases. And is it, all, is it also true that one person on a jury can basically uh, screw up a conviction or, or overturn a conviction? One person on a jury can hold out and refuse to vote with the jury, and that's, that's called a hung jury. And if there is a hung jury, is it up to, it's up to the prosecution to decide whether or not they're going to seek a second uh, you know, trial? Or is, is there anybody else? Is, uh, is the defense involved in that in any way? No, the hung, jur hung jury is not a, uh, an acquittal. Okay. Okay. So if the prosecutor decides that they want to try to present the case again, they can decide to present the case again, but they wouldn't do it, you know, like next week. I want to ask you this question, and then I want to give everybody else's response. If Donald Trump has to go before four separate juries, mm -hmm. some with maybe 12 in the, court, in, the, in the state system, maybe six or eight in the federal system, as you've just described, do you believe that Donald Trump can't defend himself to the point where he could find one juror in each of those four jurisdictions that would make these cases go away. I want to hear from your perspective, and then I want to hear from the others. Well, I, I believe in Florida he'll be able to find more than one, okay, and in the okay. federal court, without okay. question. Um, I believe in Georgia he will probably, if he ends up in a state court in Georgia, which is not completely clear yet, um, I think he would find 
some people who would say no. Okay. Uh, in D.C., I, um, I, I'm not sure that even in a federal court is usually a more sophisticated jury, but uh, I'm not sure that he could find one in D.C. And as you know, New York convicted him. I don't even want to go into that on the, the civil case. Mark, what about it? You know, there's a hardcore group of Trump supporters, um, about a third of, you know, 30% or so, 25% of the country at least. So, no, I, I think he has a reasonable chance of uh, being found, you know, not guilty. Or Clay, guilty. what do you think of that? Can he beat, the, can he beat this to the, before four juries? Uh, absolutely. And, and there's no, I have a hard time believing that four juries uh, would convict him, that there wouldn't be at least one every sitting on every jury that would dissent. I, I think okay. it's almost impossible. That's, that's my position. Clay, what's your position? What do you think? Trump, well, Trump not, is a, a very, a very, def, a very uh, persuasive guy. Uh, obviously, he may not be testifying on his behalf, but I will bet you in some cases he'll want to testify and he'll be able to uh, swing at least one member of that jury. Yeah, I will say this, Bruce. I think anything is possible. We've seen quite a bit of cases historically where we just thought, oh, yeah, this person's going to get off. This person's going to be innocent. This person's going to be guilty. You just never know. You really don't until the evidence is presented, uh, until the jury is able to see the evidence. If we really do trust our American process, uh, I think it's where none of us could be really in position to say that he can get on or get off based on somebody who's some loyal supporter to him. What I hope for is that the justice system takes its course. And if he is guilty, then he is guilty. And if he's innocent, uh, what will what will be the response of the Democrats? If if he won all of these cases or was acquitted in all four of these cases, and certainly we, we don't know whether this will happen before Election Day. We're going to discuss that in the next segment. But if that were to happen, I mean, what do the Democrats do? Do they just say, you know, that's the... That's the American system, and he got away with it. And and would he automatically you know, win an election at that point? This is this is the way it goes. I've always called Donald Trump. I call him Teflon Trump. If he's able to survive and he is innocent, then you know what? The show goes on, and let's let's take it to the elections, or you know, it's, it probably will happen after the election. Who knows when it's going to happen? But he's already beaten many raps. I mean, hey, we got to go by the facts. When he was president and how many times was he accused, indicted, so on and so forth, he always manages to win. So if he ends up winning here, no surprise. Uh, Judith? Yeah. Well, first of all, when he was president, he wasn't indicted for anything. He went through two impeachments. Not indicted, excuse me. Right. None of uh, which. Okay, he, that's he fine. Was, he, that's was not, fine. he was not indicted. That's true. That's true. He wasn't. The second thing is you don't like him. He was impeached. He and, was he, impeached. and he won the vote. He was impeached. Yeah, he vote. was impeached, not okay. indicted. My, so my apologies I, yeah. on that. The other, the other issue is One you second, can't... The other issue, you're about to go to the other issue, but you've mastered the sound of going into that when the music is playing. So the music will continue to play. You'll have your thought. We'll come back on the other side, and uh, you've given us a tease for the next segment. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. This is Beyond the Beltway from border to border and coast to coast and around the world at beyondthebeltway.com. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? 
No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top-10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, <laughs> tell me what to do. Cannonball! I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go. Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and at this point of our program, we let each of our guests take about 20 seconds to introduce themselves, and we're going to begin tonight with Rush Darwish. Rush Give us a little 15-second biography. Go. Thank you. Rush Darwish, president of the Arab American Business and Professional Association, also event director for Back to School Kicks Chicago. We are going to be distributing 500 pairs of shoes for kids in the inner city this Friday, and we're really excited about it. Uh, Back to School Kicks Chicago, for folks who want to volunteer, we can use the help because they're going to be doing various athletic activities during uh, the shoe giveaway, b2skchicago.com. Thank you, Bruce. And it's, it's 500 pairs of shoes. Pairs yep, of shoes. 500 shoes. kids will be receiving pairs of shoes. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Just one Mark, shoe. <laughs> Mark Costello. All right. 
<laughs> I'm Mark Casello. I am uh, chair of the Department of Humanities at Calumet College of St. Joseph in uh, Whiting, Indiana. Just That's out. new, isn't it, that you're the chairman? Yeah, I took over about two years ago. <clears throat> oh, okay. so, sorry, I missed it. Relatively new. And, uh, and uh, Calumet College is located just outside Chicago in Whiting, Indiana, home of the Pierogi Fest. I'm also founder and president of the Pullman National Monument Preservation Society, uh, which helps protect the historic fabric of the Pullman neighborhood in Chicago. And if you are coming to Chicago, one of the things that probably isn't uh, uh, maybe known, but a very interesting part of your day could be visiting historic Pullman. It's in the southeast section of the Chicagoland area, and uh, it's very historic. It's very interesting to look at, uh, both historically and architecturally and in and, and, and a, and a city planning area. It's, it's just a lot of great history down there tied to the American labor movement, it's, it, but it's very well done, and now it's it's a national uh, monument as well. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Clay Novak join us. Clay, give us a little bit of background of where you have served, and also tell us a little bit about your uh, your new book. Uh, thanks. So Clay Novak, retired Army officer, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, five-time combat veteran, uh, three tours in Afghanistan, two tours in Iraq, uh, spent a number of years serving at Fort Bragg, uh, 10 years as a paratrooper, uh, and currently author of the new novel, Keep Moving, Keep Shooting, released last December. Uh, it's an action fiction novel in the likes of uh, Jack Ryan, Jason Bourne, Jack Reacher, if that's your genre. Now, when we uh, first met last year, uh, you were sort of shopping that as a possible major motion picture. How is that a process going along? It's challenging, Bruce. <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Hollywood's at a bit of a standstill right now, which makes right. things challenging. Um, but uh, it is being developed uh, for screen, potentially as either a series or uh, as a film. Very good. Well, good luck to you. Uh, let's go to calls uh, right now because uh, Lauren has been waiting on. He's listening to uh, KTSM in El Paso, Texas. Go ahead, Lauren. You're on the air. Yes, sir. Bruce, uh, in 12 years, I haven't missed one show. And Holy mackerel. Are... You've got a better track record than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and my favorites are Judy Sherwin and Charles Lipscomb. Okay. Uh, I had uh, I had you. a question for Judy. I had a question for Judy, uh -huh. but before she answers, I'd I'd like Rush to answer a question. With Judy, is this thing about symbolic speech? Uh, I went to law school, didn't sit for the bar, and in the First Amendment area, there's something called symbolic speech that protects the flag burner, and I wanted to ask her what she thinks about that, because I believe that if those people who went into the Capitol were BLM protesters, we would have a different case. Now, what I want to ask Rush is, he says, and I used to be a leftist, so I understand how he feels. I used to be a leftist like Judy and like David Harwood. So I, I, it, it's a basic feeling that you have. And what I want to ask him is, he wants Trump to go away. How are you going to get us to go away? Okay. Good, good point. Good question, well, Rush. Yeah, I mean, how do you go away? That's that's up to you. I mean, what we hope for, what I hope for everyone uh, who supports Donald Trump is just keep looking at the facts, keep looking at his actions. And I don't like to do much of the reverse role play here, but if let's say Joe uh, or President Obama 
was acting this way, if he was instigating, inciting uh, during his presidency, um, if he was name-calling journalists, if he told everybody during COVID-19 the first three, four days that this, this whole thing will just go away, we're the, the United States, it'll go away, and he turned out to be completely wrong. You know, how would you feel about uh, President Obama? You'd be very, very upset. So I don't look at Donald Trump as the Republican. I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm looking at it from a straight-up uh, a, a humanitarian, from a humanitarian standpoint, and somebody who's bad for this country. And whether you would like to stay with Donald Trump, whether he's innocent or not, that is totally up to you, Learning. Well, I feel that you're looking at it from a leftist perspective. In fact, I know that. Well, we're going to let Judith respond okay, well, to let, Let's let Judith respond first. She is not a leftist. No, Judith is a former leftist, as former you have leftist, told everybody right. on a number of occasions. Um, so, first of all, um, the, the first point that I wanted to make, which I tried to make the last when we were when we got off the air, you can't indict somebody because you don't like their personality. All right. I don't always like Donald Trump's personality either. You can't indict somebody because they're nasty. You indict somebody because they committed a, or you think you're tr you got a grand jury to did. believe. Excuse me. you got a grand jury to believe they committed a crime and then you have a trial and then you decide whether that actually happened. That's the process, yes. sort of, basically. And we're right in the middle of that. The, the other thing, yes. with respect to the flag burning, uh, I'm not a great proponent of flag burning, but Antonin Scalia wrote, Antonin Scalia, the most conservative person who was on the Supreme Court up to the time that he died, wrote a very succinct opinion about why burning the flag is an expression of the First Amendment, and it is permitted, even though he didn't like it, even though I don't like it. And that's, that's the way the system works. You look at the principles, it's not about what the judge thinks, it's not about what anybody thinks, it's about what the system thinks. The First Amendment allows that kind of speech, and therefore it is permitted, and that's the way it is. There's a whole bunch of case law, I'm not gonna lecture you about it. Okay, Lauren? Judy, what I wanted to know is, how do you apply, or do you apply, the symbolic speech body of law to what happened on January 6th? Because I believe that if, that if those people were BLM, uh, Chuck Schumer would have come out and patted them on the head. Well, that's not a legal principle. That's a political principle, and I, I think you're probably right, okay? However, uh, with respect to legal principles, and I'm somewhat disappointed that nobody has tried to bring this legal principle in any one of these cases. Um, and we could find out from a Supreme Court in the future that certain acts, not all of them, but certain acts of protest on January 6th were permitted under the First Amendment. Other acts, not so much, okay? It's a question of fact, always. It's not, the law doesn't exist in a vacuum by itself. You have to look at the facts. Some Lauren, people behaved in a, in a criminal manner. Other people were just wandering around protesting. Those people should have the benefit of the First Amendment. Uh, Mark's got a comment for you. Mark, Mark Costello, stand by. No, I was just, uh, to, to Lauren's comment that uh, the symbolic speech, I, I do think in the same way that you'd have civil disobedience, trespass, had, had people walked into the Capitol, not destroyed anything, right. but just occupied that space, 
that to me would be an example of symbolic speech. But it crosses that line when you start to destroy property. There were people who did that, and those people have crossed the line. But everybody did not cross the line. And and right, right. Lauren, Lauren, a question to you is: when this next presidential election is over, uh, we will hopefully know a winner and a loser. Let's say, let's assume that for the sake of this discussion, that Donald Trump runs and he loses. He loses uh, by a significant margin. There are minimal, if no, questions of legal shenanigans. And it becomes even the most extreme Trump supporter would acknowledge, fair and square, we fought the fight and we lost. What do you think would happen? And you would be one of them, I assume. How would the 70 or 80 million people who voted for Donald Trump how would they respond to that verdict by the American people, in your opinion? Uh, well, it, it goes back to what we believe about Donald Trump. Uh, we believe that the republic is, needs saving uh, for, for, for a host of reasons. And we believe that, uh, to, to go to Russia's point, uh, the, the, the uh, mainstream media is the enemy of the people. That's what we believe. And, and, and anybody who who's intelligent and can listen to the mainstream media. I don't have a TV would interfere with my work. I listen to NPR, and it's unbelievable. <laughs> and anybody, anybody who's intelligent can see how the media buries stories and, and uh, uh, concocts stories, and all they want to do is manipulate the people. That's part of what this show's about. But, but, in, my, but, but in my question to you is, how would the people react? Would the people just lick their wounds and say, you know, we've lost and we're going to be, we're going to plan for the next four years? Would there be rioting? Uh, would there be strikes? I mean, what? Uh... No, we're not the type of people who, who that, that okay. riot. We're not. The conservatives don't don't riot. Uh, that's the other side that does that. Okay. Uh, 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 we we uh, we would look for the next man, like Ron DeSantis. Uh, the sanctimonious, as Trump says, uh, we, we, we would we would keep on looking until we find uh, until we find somebody okay. that can help us. All right, Lauren, thank you very much for your call. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty number. A one eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine. That's the number that Lauren called. You can try it as well. I'm Bruce Dumont. Back shortly from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 
Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm gonna take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back, and I want to apologize to Judith Sherwin because when I was letting everybody introduce themselves, I forgot to, to go to you to introduce yourself. And we let me just mention. Today is your birthday, so happy birthday! Thank you. I didn't mean to yell at you on your birthday, <laughs> but tell everybody a little bit about your background because you are a you're a new regular on this program, although you've been on actually probably at three and a half years now. Uh, but tell everybody a little bit about your background because we've alluded that once upon a time, you were a leftist. Yes. Well, when Bruce and I met, I was basically a uh, <clears throat> card-carrying Democrat, certainly a Kennedy Democrat. Mm -hmm. uh, John Kennedy, Democrat, and uh, very much anti-war, pro-civil rights, which I'm still anti-war and pro-civil rights. Unfortunately, certain things have changed in the world, so those positions are not quite what they used to be. But in any event, um, I was much more left-wing when we first met. Um, changed my positions over the years as certain things seemed to not work quite the way they should. Um, Currently, I practice law in Chicago. I've been doing that for quite a long time. And uh, I also teach at uh, Loyola University Law School, where I teach ethics and um, the occasional class in constitutional law and the First Amendment. What kind of law do you practice? I practice uh, in the federal courts a great deal. Um, Quasi-criminal stuff, dealing with healthcare mm -hmm. um, people. Uh, so I spend my life fighting with the government. That's uh, basically one of my favorite things to yeah. do. One point I want to make before we get back to discussion, I said this a couple of weeks ago, 
a recent decision by the Biden administration, which I think is very, very wrong, is the decision that the Secret Service will not provide protection to Robert F. Kennedy, who's running in the Repub in the Democratic primary for president. Absolutely. I think it is absolutely reprehensible. I heard uh, Robert Kennedy the other evening uh, in an interview uh, with Tucker Carlson talking about it. Uh, it. It makes no sense to me, and I wish there were more Democrats, be elected or just run-of-the-mill Democrats, I wish you would be inundating the, the White House switchboard and urging them to include uh, protection uh, for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's just, it's, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous uh, that the, the Biden administration has, has made uh, such a decision. Um, one other thing that I wish for, and I really wish for this because I'm here every Sunday night to talk about issues and talk about the campaign. We get bogged down in talking about the campaign and the legal intricacies of what's happening on the, the Trump side and on the Biden side. But one of the things that I would like to be hearing more discussion, either by Donald Trump or all the Republicans or even you know, either the Democrats, including the president, I'd like to have a greater discussion of uh, of where we are in the world and, 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 and what is the plan for that would-be president to deal with these issues. And uh, Clay, I want to turn to you since uh, you have a very strong military background. I'd like to ask you, from your perspective, where you sit, what do you think is the, the one or two most significant issues facing the country? Bruce, I think the biggest issue specifically revolving around the military is determining who the greatest threat to our nation is militarily, economically, um, and, and really putting a label on it because it has uh, a waterfall effect in that the military determines not only who the greatest threat is, but the doctrine associated to defend against and defeat that threat that lends to how we make manning decisions it, it that determines equipping decisions leads into research and development we have not done a good job since truthfully 9-11 in determining who the greatest threat to this nation is we focused on terrorism for 20 years uh and really keeping it abroad as much as we possibly could but the number one thing that we've got to determine is it russia is it china who is it is it north korea is it an Axis-like powers? We, we have to put a label on that and really understand who that threat is and then move forward to defend ourselves and, and be prepared to defeat that threat if it comes to that. If you were to define that, how would you define it? In your opinion, who's, who's our biggest threat? I, I think it's China because it's multifaceted. It's not just militarily, it's economically. I mean, they are very, very quickly not just buying uh, most of the African continent, um, but they're also slowly moving into South America. They're moving in truthfully here into the United States as well. Um, so they're, they're a multifaceted threat to this, to this country. And, and it's not, doesn't just revolve around mil the military. So, you know, diplomacy is, is, not just military. Uh, there's a lot of facets to it. Uh, but I think number one threat to this country is China. Russia or Rush, let me ask you this question. Um, if you agree with what uh, the colonel just had to say, I'd like to get your impression about how should we prepare ourselves for a, a an ongoing challenge, if not a, a combat challenge, uh, with with China. Do you think that's likely ever to happen or is it all going to be economic? 
I, I think it really comes down to what we measure as a threat in today's world. I know that for many, many years, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, it was definitely based on a military threat. But if you look at even the recent U.S. elections and where everything is going, the ultimate threat now comes from cybersecurity. I think China, we have to be worried about them. Russia has proven that they can infiltrate our elections. And I think those are the areas we have to look at as our biggest threats. <clears throat> Russia and China are one and two. But ultimately, technology is where we also have to look at. We can never, ever uh, lose our ground as being the leading innovative country in the world. Right now, we are standing strong. But to me, that is where we can fall behind if we're not constantly making sure that we are the leaders in the tech industry. And again, I still feel that not because I'm being a, a patriot, that America is strong. I still believe that when you go across the board from every measure, we are number one, and I hope it stays that way. But what, right now, with our political climate, I see cracks coming. When we come back, uh, Judith Sherwin and uh, uh, Mark are going to weigh in on that same question. 1-800-723-8289. The future uh, with China. Do you agree that it is the main threat that we have as a nation and how do we respond to it? And do we do we continue to let them buy up land uh, in large portions of the United States? Back shortly. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. 
I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, this is a reminder to everybody, obviously this uh, coming week, uh, we have the great debate uh, without Donald Trump taking place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, WYND in Chicago is going to be carrying uh, that debate, and there's going to be a pregame preview show, and there's going to be a reaction show after the debate, and uh, they have asked me to monitor that. So I will be anchoring that uh, with other guests from around the country and around the station. Again, a well, and it'll be a well-balanced presentation. I'll promise a well-balanced presentation of who did well and who did not who did not do well uh, in the debate coming up. It's a big one coming up. Uh, Donald Trump by not uh, going there. Uh, Clay, was that a good idea for him not to show up uh, to the big debate? Um, maybe a good idea for him, but not a good idea for the rest of it. Um, we, we as American citizens, uh, the voting public, deserve opportunity to see him even though we see him all the time he's constantly in the media served four years as the president but we deserve to see him uh, in a live debate with the other candidates but probably for him as a benefit uh, sure I mean it, it keeps him from being opened up to being questioned by the rest of the candidates yeah Judith what do you think uh, do I no I think it makes perfect sense for him not to be in the debate um, and uh, he's going to be giving a podcast, as far as I understand it. Yeah, with, uh, an interview. It's, with it's already in the can with right. Tucker Carlson. Right. I think that's sort of a cheap shot to try to do that. But anyway, that's his decision, uh, and in, and it'll be up to the others. Uh, is there anyone out there, uh, and again, this is for everybody, even the Democrats. I don't know whether you want to weigh in on this or not. Is there anyone out there in this Republican field that you feel you would like to know a little more about because you haven't heard much about them? Any any names come up? Or are you just locked into the Democratic folks? Well, Vivek, I mean, he's he's a very interesting candidate. He's a very smart guy. He's got some very interesting things to say. Um, and um, I think it would be interesting to hear him debate with some of the other candidates. Do you believe that uh, Republican primary voters in the end would vote for a 37-year-old man who has not held public office before? Uh, no, but okay. they do need to get to know him, and they uh -huh. should listen to him because he's got a lot of very interesting, substantive things to say. One of the things that he has to say is that there should be the use of the military, U.S. military, to perhaps even in, engage with Mexico and the cartels in Mexico. There should be a military operation. Do you think that's uh, a, a good idea? I'm going to ask you, and then I want to ask the, the colonel on that. Is that a good idea? 
Is it? Yeah, I. It's just, yeah, I think I do think it's a good idea. I actually think former President Trump believes it's a good idea as well. Right, Colonel. What do you think of that idea? As a member of the military, is it is it time to take off the gloves and maybe use the military to uh, stop the flow of fentanyl and 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 human trafficking from Mexico? So it's muddy waters because now you're talking about law enforcement versus, uh, you know, a, a combat operation. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we do have portions of the military that, that do act in a law enforcement capacity. The Coast Guard does it all the time. Uh, but now you're asking the United States military to enforce law, international law versus, you know, a, a, a traditional combat role. Um that would take a significant culture shift and I think a lot of training before our military would be ready to do that. Now, if their role is purely, you know, kicking in doors like we were doing in Iraq and Afghanistan for a very long time, could we pick up that operation? Sure we could. But I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think a law enforcement role is necessarily where we need to be. But I think the number one question is who would be in charge of that operation? Would it be U.S. forces working for mm-hmm. the Mexican government? Um who, who's the star that's in charge of that? Is it an American general? Is it a Russian area? Pardon me, a Mexican general? Um, you've got to determine chain of command on that very, very early. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, I, I don't see Americans working necessarily for a, a mm-hmm. Mexican military authority. Right. Uh, Rush, what are your thoughts on this? This is, this is one of those uh, sort of far out ideas that uh, uh, Ravishwani has. Uh, but do you think it's a, an idea worth... Uh, worth pursuing if if the continued appearance is that we're not doing very well in stopping the flow of illegal uh, uh, people and uh, illegal fentanyl into the country. Well, I mean, what, what do we do? Do we just talk it to death? Well, I'll say is 100% correct. The, the biggest mistake we'll make is trying to get our military involved in what most, what we're dealing with is, is, is gang warfare in mexico i mean there's other ways to approach it definitely not the military and by the way if you don't mind bruce i do want to go back to your original question about the debate people to watch sure this is a critical debate because there needs to be one or two candidates that have to be that darn good to make everyday republicans who love trump forget about him that's what needs to happen and the two folks i would like to see we already know DeSantos is around even though lately the poll numbers are starting to go low for him but I would love to see Tim Scott out of South Carolina and Chris Christie as well. I would like to see them step up. They look like two very good candidates. Uh, but like I said, right now, they're, they're going to have to really show that they are very strong, interesting. That's right. The key word is interesting um, and make them forget about Donald Trump. A very big task. Well, uh, Chris Christie is an interesting candidate. I don't think he's going to make the Trump supporters forget about Donald Trump. It's only going to reinforce him. Uh, I think he's got the least likely chance of progressing to the nomination, even though he's he's going to be good for the debate uh, this coming week. And frankly, I think uh, uh, Mike Pence. Uh, Mike Pence is emerging as uh, a guy that maybe has some interesting things to say. But someone's got to get strong and... and, and, and uh, uh, you know, they, they, they've got to step up, as you say, and I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, uh, I've tried to l- like uh, Nikki Haley from the beginning. Uh, I saw her on TV today. Uh, she's just a picture that doesn't develop for me, even though I like her. I like what she says. It's just, I don't see her as 
a leader, not just because he's a woman, just because of the, the things that she's saying and the way that she's saying them. And last week on this program, I touted Doug Burgum, uh, the governor of North Dakota, North Dakota, as someone that I wanted to watch because I thought he had sort of the makings of maybe a legitimate candidacy. I got to tell you, I saw him on Meet the Press today. I mean, uh, he was terrible. He didn't answer a damn question. And, and I think the questions that were being asked by, by, uh, <laughs> by the moderator of the program, uh, my Softball. good friend uh, Chuck, Chuck Todd, I thought they were very good. And literally, he, he didn't answer a single question. And uh, to me, uh, he eliminated himself from my contention uh, this morning, I meet the press and uh, uh, the governor of Minnesota, uh, Tim Waltz, who followed him, uh, I think he started, even though he's friendly with the governor of uh, North Dakota, he sort of ripped him apart by just uh, blowing a, a, a great opportunity to set him up and, and, and make himself uh, presentable for a debate. And, man, talk about a guy who, uh, who I think stumbled out of the gate. I mean, he stumbled out of the gate today when I was looking for this guy to sort of shine um, come debate night, but I, I don't think it's likely to happen, although he is going to be at the debate. We'll be back with more questions, more comments, more talk about politics. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thank you for joining us. 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number. 1-800-723-8289. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top-10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you're talking, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. 
not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, Judy, you were saying during the break, you were talking about uh, Robert Kennedy, uh, uh, your assessment of Robert Kennedy's uh, position and and likelihood of success in the Democratic primary. Well, I don't think he's going to win. They're not even going to no. let him debate. They're not going to let him do anything. <laughs> they keep putting a muscle on him. And, and as you pointed out, you know, they're putting him in danger because they won't give him Secret Service protection. Um and and you know I listen to him and and he's he's he talks about his Democrat bona fides. You know he talks about mm-hmm. Roosevelt. He talks about you know his uncle and his father and and he makes some very good points about that. But that's not the Democratic Party today. It isn't. And this Democratic Party wants him out of the way. I, I re- Mark, you, you're a person that's. Uh, that has challenged the authority of the Democratic Party over the last 12, 15 years you've been on this program. Where where do you stand now on uh, either Robert Kennedy or is there anyone else out there that could challenge Joe Biden and should challenge Joe Biden? Yeah, I cannot imagine that Joe Biden is going to be the candidate. I really, I have trouble. <laughs> I have to believe that. Right, so, okay. I ju- I'm just waiting So you know, for some establishment machine to come pop in who they think it should be. Robert Kennedy, I just was watching that hearing where where the he was being, you know, basically censored. It was a right, hearing right. about was, censorship. And they were censoring him. And they wouldn't let him talk. And I right. thought this looks so terrible. <laughs> just yeah. and, and so I think that's really a problem for the Democrats right now. They can't get out of their own way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, let Trump be Trump. And you know, let let Robert F. Kennedy, you know, Robert Kennedy talk. I mean, um, I kind of agree with that. And and the other thing is, uh, I mean, would would the world come to an end if Donald Trump could just run for president like he was going to do before, and he ran and he either won or he lost, period, without all these shenanigans and all this crazy stuff and and all the indictments and, and the indictment fatigue and everything else. It's crazy. Let him run. What do you, what's going to happen if he wins? Well, he was president the, for the, four years. It was pretty cons- good here's for a, a while. Here's the concern I would have. Right. He runs. He wins. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if he runs and loses? Is he going to talk about the shenanigans in the 2024 election? Is he going to continue to to fail to acknowledge the, to the American people that he lost an election? And do we do we just keep going on and on with this thing? It just has no end to I it? Don't, I really don't think so. I, you know, I don't want to relitigate the 2020 election any more than I want to relitigate 
January 6th, okay? But there are reasons and there is evidence. And if these trials come up, you're going to see some evidence, okay. particularly no, in Georgia. But I don't want to get into that. I don't think he will do that. I think that they are ready for what they perceive to be problems for 2024. And if he loses, he loses. And that'll be it. Okay. So I, I want to go back. Before the break, you were asking about sort of external threats to the U.S. And I, I right. really feel the threat is internal. <laughs> I think right now we have, you know, are we educating our people? Are they healthy? Are we caring for them? Uh, do, are they able to live well in their old age? I'm not hearing that conversation. I, I, I'll say this to the listeners out there. What is your, you know, what are your expenses like right now? Mm -hmm. I know... Personally, my homeowner's insurance increased by 141%. Never filed a claim. Auto insurance up 40%. Um, groceries astronomically high. And I don't, you know, I, I can't believe Joe Biden's talking about Bidenomics. <laughs> How dare he in this economy? And, and I'm a Democrat. And so I, I do think, you know, we've, we've eroded faith in our institutions. We've got a media that is difficult to trust. Uh, we have a fragmented culture more so than we have ever have. Mm -hmm. And so I think we don't have to worry about China. We have to worry about ourselves and, and getting back to some, some core principles. And I think that's where I like Vivek because he's, he's at least advancing some principles. He, he says, okay, well, we're about family. You know, if we're, if we're going to take religion out, you know, he basically says people are losing faith in religion. Well, let's, let's put something else back in the mix. Mm -hmm. So he's got some ideas. I just, Trump, I don't even hear his platform anymore. No. Well, I mean, you know, he does have a series of videos that he releases periodically that has his positions. He released something last week about his vision for the economy. He he's he does that periodically. He's, I mean, if you go go to his website, you'll be able to hear all. I don't of think he's getting. I don't think he's getting through on those points. Well, he is. He be, he's like a he's like a, a Donald One Note about his legal problems. Well, I, I would, I would like to, I'd like to hear more about these things because I've not seen them, but I would like to hear more. I would like to know his answer uh, to the question about the, the future of uh, whether people or not should be, whether the Chinese should continue to, to buy land. I mean, does that concern you, Colonel, that, uh, that the, uh, the Chinese are buying uh, strategic land in and around uh, military bases, allegedly? <laughs> I, I mean, it's one of the hazards of uh, of our republic. Um, you know, we we're not going to you know take away rights or speculatively take away rights from people um, because we believe that it's a threat. We did that in the '40s with the Japanese. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody wants to go back in that direction. Um, I, I do think we probably need to be a little bit more uh, deliberate in corporate uh, company research. Um, you know, who parent companies are, who their investors are, where, where money is actually coming from. Uh, I think that probably uh, we need to do a, a better job of that. I don't think that uh, deliberately the, the Chinese government, we're allowing the Chinese government to buy a land in America. I think they're going about it in a way that, you know, makes it um, seem illegal or at least, you know, unseemly. And we probably just as a nation need to do a better job of, of understanding who is investing uh, and, and purchasing, not necessarily controlling, stopping, you know, prohibiting as long as it's done legally. Well, but, but there, there are laws there. about that well, kind of stuff. 
about what, foreign investment right. in the United States, not just from China. I mean, you have to fill out, when you buy real estate in this country, you have to fill out certain forms relating to foreign investment. So we do know that the Chinese, not necessarily Chinese who are here, I mean, this has nothing to do with what we did in the 40s with the Japanese. And it's it's really, I mean, it's it's a very specious argument to throw that out there. This is about foreign investment in the United States by Chinese individuals who may have connections to the CCP who are buying land next to military bases. I don't think we want that. So we need to but, be a little careful so that, about that. that there, need, there needs to be a law to prohibit that, you're saying? Or is that I they think have we the need, ability to We do have that? laws to prohibit that. Why, why have they not been enforced? Do I have to sound like one of your former guests who said that uh, somebody in the White House is currently owned by China? Oh, really? You oh, really? That that, you, you... How much money do you think? I mean, look, you know, there has been so much we'll talk about evidence, bank records, money transfers, evidence of, of all these corporations where you run the money from one place to another. So much coming from China, okay? A complete and utter lie during the presidential debate. My son never took a penny from China. Well, we all know that that's not true because his son admitted it in court when he went in on his plea agreement. There is money that came to the Biden family from China. There are questions about their situation with the Chinese government. And, and these are problems that we have to deal with. And yes, so I, I do I believe to, China is our biggest problem. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm hearing you clearly now. Okay. You're basically saying that because of these connections, real or perceived, between the Chinese Communist Party and Joe Biden, either through Hunter Biden or directly, you believe that the President of the United States is siding with China and a lot of issues of national security. I do. Do you have another reason why he let a balloon go all the way across the United States before they blew it up someplace else? Rush? I mean, there's a lot. Why well, do we have people training yeah. in Cuba, for I wanna, instance? I want to get off, Rush's I, response. Rush, that was the startling answer by Judith. What is your response to her startling answer? I would say it's it's more something that now... The Biden presidency is concocting with the Chinese government, taking money from the Chinese government equally during Donald Trump's presidency, where the, Donald Trump was taking money from Russia, working business deals, golf courses, hotels, uh, the same level of accusations. So if we're going to go that route, then I guess we could say the same for, for Donald Trump. These are things you really never know when it comes to following the money. It, it's 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 not fair to say that, and there's really no what I call hardcore evidence to suggest that. First of all, the accusations made against Donald Trump have all been shown to have been totally bogus. The accusations which are being made currently which are based on. Which accusations are we talking about? Well, you ought to Calling listen the to something of State besides of Georgia. You ought to listen to something. You ought to listen to something. You need to listen to solidifying the election. Like how? How is this? How is this? Are we talking? You need to listen to something other than CNN, and you need to listen to the fact that there are bank records, money transfers. Yeah, no, they are facts, and they are going into the Biden family from China. 
you need to look at that. That's got nothing to do with calling Secretary of State Raffensperger and telling him, you yeah, know, and, you and, should and stop equally, being lazy okay. and go look at this evidence oh, which not, we presented oh, to lazy. you. I'm, I'm not telling you you're lazy. I'm telling you. to Saudi Arabia, selling weapons to Saudi Arabia as well. Oh, All please. the weapons deals that Donald Trump was doing as well. He was benefiting from that as well. How are we going to give Biden... Uh, take him out on that when Trump has the worst record when it comes to taking money from different countries. Okay, when we come back, when we come back, going to jail. One second, everybody, everybody, go back to your corners. We're going to break. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice, red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Last week, uh, President Biden, uh, after a conference uh, in Camp David uh, with uh, South Korea and with Japan, announced a new uh, security agreement between the nations. And I want to get your reaction, uh, uh, Colonel Novak, to the significance uh, uh, of that agreement. I think any cooperation between those two nations is huge. Um, it's uh, obviously you've got centuries uh, in that triangle of Korea, Japan, China. Uh, there's centuries and centuries where you know one was attacking, you know, or they were you know in combat with each other in some mm -hmm. form or fashion, dominated the other. So to see in this day and age uh, those two nations working together. I think it's fantastic. It's great uh, cooperation for the Pacific Rim, uh, and and great security for everybody in the region. It doesn't. Do, it's not just limited to Japan and South Korea, but that's a far-reaching agreement uh, because it will affect everybody, uh, even out to Australia, New Zealand, but everybody in that uh, Southwest mm -hmm. uh, Pacific area. A couple of weeks ago in this program, we had an extensive conversation about what military role the United States would play if China decides that it is going uh, to uh, to invade Taiwan. And the, the general feeling was that there wouldn't be any real fighting. It would be more of an economic war that went on, but that the United States really would not weigh in in any significant way to engage the Chinese militarily. Do you agree with that assessment that came out of that conversation? I, I do. Um, I, I think if there was mil U.S. military involvement in a Chinese attack into Taiwan, it would be by purely bad luck. I think if we had a, a U.S. ship moving through the straits uh, in the vicinity, a U.S. aircraft in the air that uh, just happened to get caught up in the middle of something. But I, I don't think we would jump in the middle of that militarily to stop it, alter it um, or in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. One other question. Uh, at the very beginning of the uh, COVID uh, issue with the United States and the world, we had a guest who was an author who wrote a book about the reliance that the United States, primarily in the area of medical issues, uh, medical uh, uh, product, uh, had relied on China. And I'm wondering, uh, I've been trying to track down that uh, author for sort of an update, but can you or anyone on the panel this evening uh, describe or discuss any significant change in that reliance that has taken place since uh, COVID, uh, uh, you know, entered our shores and entered our, our, our mindset. Is it is it is there any improvement? I mean, do we rely less on on China for for medical related product and issues and and merchandise and and mechanics? Colonel, I'll start with you. Do you know any of any such report that's come out that says that we are less reliant on China in those areas uh, than we were, you know, six years ago? Specifically, uh, medical, Bruce, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I can't imagine that uh, things have changed, you know, going back to the conversation before, and I'm not trying to start a firefight again between two of your guests, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the influence of uh, China on the current administration, I can't see them lessening their commerce in any way, shape, or form in the United States, COVID or no COVID. Okay, good question. We have callers on the line. Let's go to David, listening to us in the great state of Washington. Go ahead, David, you're on Beyond the Beltway. Hey, Bruce. Uh, thanks. Well, 
Just a few different comments. Uh, I just, when I heard the guest mentioning uh, like a comparison, which to me is insane, of the what is being revealed about the Biden transactions and Trump and any financial indica- you know, indications from his uh, presidency, I don't, it, it's, it's baffling to me that someone can even have the opinions that he was pushing. Uh, it's, it's like, you know how many people have like a dozen uh, foreign accounts and various LLCs? And, you know, most people, when they need to make a money transaction, just move it from one place to the other, and that's the end of it. They don't have to have multiple different layers to move money from one point to the other. Generally, that's thought of as money laundering. Um, and as more and more evidence comes out with aliases, why do you have to have fake names? Well, you know, we've got to refer to somebody as the big guy. We can't, we can't call somebody by their real name. And how, how else can we refer to them? Well, we're going to use aliases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... The, and the media has caused, I, just over the last couple of election cycles, for this whole thing to turn in, all election cycles now have just become nightmares to be, to be part of because they politicize things so much. And the propaganda coming out, which it's propaganda, a lot of people think it's what you say, but propaganda can also be what you forbid people from watching. Mm-hmm. And if you watch CNN, MSNBC, and like Fox come together, because I have a way to watch multiple things on different TVs, you see so often. The, 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 the left-leaning stations will not air things. They won't let their viewers see things that they don't want you to see because they don't want the viewer to possibly switch their opinion and say, oh, you know what, that's a good point. That's, uh, that, but David, let me just stop you for a second. That, that, is a, that is a brilliant point you're making. And, you know, there's been so much said about the attack on democracy. In fact, that's one of the favorite things for the Democrats to talk about is that Donald Trump is responsible for the attack on democracy because of what happened on January 6th and his, his uh, reactions post-presidential. But I would say, and, and, and I don't think I'm too far off here, I would say that the greatest challenge to democracy now is the way the national media conducts its business. I think they, I think they are more of a threat to <clears throat> democracy than anything that Donald Trump or anyone anyone has uttered, left or right, because they have not taken their uh, their role in society seriously. It needs to be reassessed. They have to have some real significant soul-searching about why their job is viewed in such a negative way by almost half of the American people. I mean, they really are doing a horrible, horrible job. Well, during and- those January 6th hearings, all the networks aired all of it. Fox played both sides. They let you hear everything, even though you're only getting a one-sided narrative right. during those hearings. It was like hearing the prosecution the whole time. But like during, the, during many of the issues from the other side, when the Republicans were holding hearings, you saw multiple times where Fox aired the whole thing, just like they aired the January 6th committee. Yeah. But MSNBC and CNN would, would, would go to their panel whenever yeah. the Republicans were talking, and then would go back to the hearing when a Democrat was talking. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, and, and that was just ridiculous. And the same thing, by the way, the same thing can be said said for the coverage of the whistleblowers, what the whistleblowers were saying on Fox. And again, it was crickets, uh, uh, at least on CNN, and in many cases on the the network newscast. (laughs) I understand uh, from my uh, call screener that uh, you also wanted to talk about uh, Vivek and uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. 
Well, yeah, I just think of Vivek. I've been following him for about three years, which surprises most people. They're like, well, where did you ever hear of him? Well, anybody who watches CNBC regularly, it's a business network, um, talks about stocks all day long. But he's a fairly regular, uh, you know, on there at least once a month or so. He'd be on especially through, you know, even COVID and everything. And you could just see what just a, a brilliant rising star he was. Uh, because of his intelligence. I mean, he's quick on his feet. His brain thinks very fast. He's got good responses. You can't, you know, double, you can't catch him in a, in a question. He's got good, cogent responses to everything. Um, and I disagreed with Judy a bit when she said that Republicans wouldn't vote for him. I'll vote for anyone, regardless of your age, as long as you're eligible to run for president. If you can show that you are you are cognizant, you know, your brain is functioning, you're intelligent, rational, you can use common sense. I'll vote for you all day long. I mean, he, he put a, a post out uh, recently where he, he showed like, his top ten things. He called it truth and said, you know, these are the ten things that, mm-hmm. that he mainly, you know, believes in. And it, it's, it started with God is real, there are two genders, human, uh, human flourishing requires fossil fuels, reverse racism is racism, um, open border is no border, you know, things like that, just common sense issues, his basic fundamental beliefs are just common sense. And I think Kennedy, Kennedy, the funny thing is, he's as close to a Democrat that I could ever see voting for in the recent history of time, because yeah. uh, he comes up with, you know, he has reasonable, except for, then they blow up with these things, they say he's anti-vax. Most of his family's vaxxed. It's just the, the, the media, again, twists and tries to push his vaccine thing to be more than it actually is. I don't agree with all of his vaccine issues, but, you know, he's made good points on some of them, especially COVID, cause, which I always called in and talked about how crazy yeah. that was. But anyway, that, yeah, that, those are my, some well, of my he, points. He is really, uh, okay, thanks for your call. Mark, do you want to comment? Yeah, I just want to say that, yeah, uh, this critique of the media, Bruce, you and I, and on the panel, we've talked about this over time, but what scares me most you know, these days is we can't even ask questions. Right. You know, it's, we, mm-hmm. we, try to, we try to raise an issue, ask a question. I, I said regarding vaccines and all that, I, I, I don't think it's wrong to say, well, are these effective? Uh, are they killing people? Are they injuring people? Right. I want a government, I want a media that asks these questions and gets the evidence. Um, I think that's the way things should be. And, and, I, and we need a strong, independent, aggressive journalist for the state you know, happening in the country, and I just don't see it. The commercial media is a failure. What, what are your What are your days. friends and neighbors and colleagues and students? What are they saying about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Are they talking about him, or or have they bought the uh, Have they bought the the trash line that the national media, uh, you know, has painted him with? It depends on the media they're watching. Right. So I've got some family members who who like him and and watch him, uh, you know, through alternative media. Right. Um, but on the commercial media, I mean, you would think he was the most horrible, yeah. unreasonable. Well, and he doesn't understand person. it even. You know, yeah. he'll say, "I can't believe you know the coverage I'm getting in Vanity Fair or in the New York Times." This it, he just doesn't understand it. But they think he's he's the devil, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, I mean, I have very intelligent friends and neighbors who don't know anything, literally nothing, about what is going on with Joe Biden and the bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Right. No, it, it's a, it's it's a very challenging situation we're in. But again, I think it's, uh, uh, it's where democracy can really fail. We can really see it fail, and we can watch it. Unfortunately, I think we're watching it fail right now. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Beyond the Beltway.
At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the voices for recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Uh, Bruce Dumont back, and I want to just uh, close off tonight by uh, bringing back uh, to the focus uh, the discussion of the, the timetable for the various trials that lie before us as a nation and before Donald Trump. And uh, here are some of the, the dates, and I want to just share them with you. These are the Trump indictments. These are the proposed trial dates. They are not locked in yet. But uh, the 2020 uh, election interference uh, trial, which is a federal trial, uh, Jack Smith wants to start that on January 2nd of 2024. The Georgia election interference uh, trial, which is a state trial, uh, they're looking at March 4th 
of 2024 to start that trial. The New York hush money involving Stormy Daniels, uh, that has a proposed start date of March 25th of 2024. And the classified documents case, which is a federal case, also part of uh, Jack Smith's involvement, uh, that is scheduled to start on May 20th of 2024. So that, those are the dates. Uh, if Donald Trump is running for president of the United States, he's going to try to run for president and show up for all those cases where he's got to be in court. Uh, is there any way that these trials can, can any one of these trials could be, could start and, and finish uh, in a short period of time, Judith? Not based on what I see. Um, What's I mean, generally also, the timetable? Well, I, you know, look, I mean, this this thing in Georgia, wherever it's, if, if there's a lot of motion practice, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen there. I don't see it starting March 4th. I, I mean, I really don't. And Jack Smith has said he wants to, he says he wants to invoke the speedy trial rule. Speedy trial rule is for defendants, not for prosecutors who are trying to knock out a presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I don't think that trial is going to start that date. His, his, uh, his attorneys are working on trying to get a different date. What about in, in Florida, there's an attempt, or at least it's been suggested, uh, that the Trump team is going to make a, a motion to move it to a federal court. Uh, Georgia. 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 I'm sorry, Georgia. Yeah. I misspoke. Well, so first of all, if that actually happens, if somebody files a motion, they say this belongs in the federal court, there's, there's, there's at least a couple of months that will go by before a judge makes a decision about it. Um, I, I'm don't think that that's an immediately appealable offense, but it will definitely screw up her timeline, whatever it is. Uh, there's a bunch of motions that are going to happen in all of these cases, okay? Perhaps except for the one in New York. But these federal cases, there's a lot of motion practice. These, these trials, I do not believe, are going to actually happen on these dates. I don't think Trump thinks they're going to happen on these dates. I don't think his lawyers think they're going to happen on these dates. And we have to wait and see. There's a lot of things going on in the courtroom before you get to a trial, like in front of a jury. Getting back again to the first segment, I want to get everybody's response to it, but Judith, I want you to respond to first. Okay. Since what people are seeing on television now are lawyers, lawyers for one side or members of the, 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 the House Investigations Committee, some of whom are lawyers, some of whom are not. Mm -hmm. But again, there's a lot of, I'm going, to say, I'm going to say legal mumbo jumbo is what I would, as a layman, that's the way I would describe it. So they're going to be seeing this between now and November of next year. And I'm wondering, as all this stuff plays out with lots of lawyering going on back there out in the body politic, is the profession of lawyer going to be held in a higher, higher esteem or lower esteem at the end of this battle because people are going to be dealing with it all day they're going to have to make their decisions based on <clears throat> basically a lack of the law mm -hmm. but again they're like they're like a jury they got to they got to follow the bouncing ball and invest some time to find out what the real facts are not just give a knee jerk reaction because of your, your political persuasion but uh, what about the profession of the lawyer what about, okay so uh, I firmly believe that the profession of the lawyer has suffered tremendously over the last several years. You have a situation where none of the big firms will represent 
Donald Trump. I know of at least one lawyer who was fired the day after she represented Donald Trump in a situation uh, by her big firm. I'm not going to go into who or what. Um, it, there's been a tremendous um, problem in the legal profession, similar to the kind of prof- problem that you're seeing in the medical profession over the COVID stuff. And and uh, I don't know if the profession is going to be able to recover from this in the minds of the public, all right? Because whatever respect people had for lawyers, you know, people don't like lawyers. They want to bury lawyers at the bottom of the sea and all that sort of stuff. But when you need a lawyer, you want to have a lawyer, right? Um, I think the medical, the, the legal profession has suffered tremendously, has become politicized like every other institution in this country, and it's not a good situation. I'd like to make one little point. John Adams, one of the founders, for those of you who know a little bit about this, represented British soldiers who were accused of killing American citizens in a riot in Boston, and he won that trial, okay? He put his life and his career on the line to do that, and he was anti-British. So we don't have lawyers like that right now, except for the few who are representing Donald Trump and taking their legal profession in their hands when they do it. Mm -hmm. Well, the public is also learning about the cost uh, of what it takes to hire an attorney because we're now in the tens of millions of dollars already. Right. And again, Donald Trump is reaching out to ask the uh, the average person to continue to contribute to his campaign so that he can continue to pay his defense lawyers. But that that's gonna that's gonna become more of a challenge as that story becomes more and more uh, known. And I think it's. Uh, it's one of those stories that is becoming more well-known because it's right. one that the, the mainstream media likes to talk about. Judith Sherwin, thank you very much for joining us on your birthday. Thank you. We for also want to wish a happy birthday to Maureen Garrity, who is celebrating her 75th birthday, a regular listener to this program. Lieutenant Colonel Clay Novak. And Clay, thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening and talking about your book, uh, which is Keep Fighting, Keep Shooting. It's a keep moving, keep shooting. Keep moving, keep, keep, keep shooting. That's the that's the book. Clay Novak, we thank you very much. Mark Costello, thank you very much. It's always nice to represent the Italian Norwegian community on this program. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Rush Darwish, thank you very much for offering your perspective as well. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks to our good friend Fritz Goldman for assistance in the production of this program. And again, tune in for the debate. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hergaris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. 
As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Matthew. Oh, oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.